from the heart of New York City. He is the human suplex machine. This is the Taz Show. Yeah, yeah. Talking wrestling, sports, and beyond. It's the Black Tower Maniac coming out of Brooklyn, a one-man crime spree. He gonna leave you shook, try to beat him if you can and survive if he lets you. Human suplex and he coming for you too, better watch out. The guy your mother warned you about and he's got one question, I'll inform you about like You're not afraid of a little competition, are you? Award-winning host and former world heavyweight champion, Taz. All right, all right, all right. Have no fear. Yeah. Your boy is here. Welcome to the Tash Show. Thursday edition of the Tash Show. And, uh, yeah. Sorry about yesterday. I'll get that in a second, I should say. If you're listening live at TashShow.com, appreciate that. Maybe you're watching live over there. That's awesome. Thank you. Maybe you're checking out the audio on-demand version, otherwise known as a podcast. That's what novices call it. I don't know if novices is a word, but novice is a word. That's what they call it over there. Maybe you're doing that listening to the audio on demand at uh, Play It or iTunes or quite possibly Spotify or maybe TuneIn. Wherever you're doing that, I definitely appreciate you very much. Thank you. You're checking out the VOD maybe at Tasho.com. The other social media gimmick is uh, we posted a gimmick yesterday on the Facebook page, on my Facebook page, including my Twitter, that Today we would have um, a new, the new thing I've been teasing and talking about. No more Facebook Live and a new gimmick uh, on TazShow.com that for the whole two-hour show you can interact with each other and you'll have a chat gimmick there, whatever you would call it. Well, that uh, unfortunately is not happening today. Uh, no, it's not happening. What do you mean no? It's not today. Uh, it will happen either tomorrow or Friday. I'm sorry, or Monday. Therefore, you can do your new normal free lunch Facebook people in the fourth quarter today and listen to the show. I'm sorry, watch the show and communicate with each other. You can do that. Also, you can communicate with yours truly by calling the show. That's no problem. Attention hotline fans. That's an 866-475-2948. 866-475-2948. I have a lot, a lot of stuff to do in this show. It's going to be a full two hours, kids. Oh, yeah. Full two hours. A lot going on. I'm going to go over some SmackDown. I'm going to go over some... I don't know what order I'm doing this, by the way. I'm going to go over some SmackDown. I'm going to go into NXT. I'm going to go into 205 Live. Uh, is there another one I'm doing? I think that's really it. Uh, a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's, that's three shows I'm going to... I'll give you a breakdown. I'm going to do my breakdown. Yeah, well, do me my react. Will you stop? Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, uh, well, what happened yesterday was uh, there was no Taz show, and because there was no Taz, and <laughs> I apologize to anyone that I it was the inconvenience. I know you got a lot of guys you have habit where you either listen to the show live every morning on your way to work or at the gym or maybe you're home, maybe it's a different time zone, or you watch the show live, or maybe you check out the audio on demand every day, uh, whatever your daily stuff is. And I'm part of your life, in essence, uh, every day. And I, I'm flattered, all can aside, you know, I joke around a lot out here. But that I'm very flattered about. And that's something that um, I'm proud of, that, that I have was able to build an audience with you guys believing in me and the show here and, and, uh, and, and everything and all the moving parts on the show and all the fun we have and insight we have, give and, and all this jazz. 
uh, and all the interaction I try to have with you guys. So, you know, to me, that's a huge thing. So when I can't come in because I'm sick, like yesterday, I get pissed. I get upset. <laughs> so I was. I I, I apologize. I'm and I, and you guys. I want to thank everybody for all of the tweets of um saying hey get well. Hope you're doing okay. Yada yada. And I really uh, I really do appreciate it. I mean that. You know I don't do sincere well. I don't do kind well. That's not my gimmick. I'm a little bit of a douche at times. But I you know I'm very I'm very flattered though. I am. I I don't I don't want to make a joke of that but i am flattered that you guys cared about me i didn't think it was even gonna like tweet me i thought it was gonna be like a couple of like two or three tweets like what the f was it no show you suck and you're short oh okay got it um but no that's not what happened Oof. everything's hot um yeah that's not what happened no 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 you guys were kind you were nice you were supporting you were embracing me and and it's touching so uh thank you for that it's very nice so what happened was yesterday i you know I, I get out of bed, dude, and my, my head was just, I had been having like this sinus, uh, I don't know if I have a sinus infection or what's going on, but I had like, I told you guys the other day, like my ear stopped working, like my right ear just completely, my ear just completely just stopped. It just, and I'm like, oh my God, I broke this eardrum a couple times, I've been hitting the head a lot, I've had a lot of concussions, okay, now I'm deep in one ear. And that wasn't the case. Uh, I don't think so, because the ear just started working then. Because I think there's some cloggage in my head and congestion with the sinus drip stuff. Because I've been spitting out, like, green stuff and, like, uh, kind of like a fluorescent, like a fuchsia color stuff, too, at times. Which is probably not healthy. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I just saw, I, I think there's definitely something not right there. But it, I, I'm going to just say, yeah, it's a sinus thing. I'll be, I'll be fine. That's how I'm looking at it. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on there, but it's definitely like a congestion thing. So when I woke up yesterday, I, my voice, it just was not there. And my, I was like lightheaded. My head was just clogged. The ear gimmick happened and people are like, you should go to a real doctor. No, I got guys. I got all of my friends, Joey numbers. They talk to me. They tell me how I'm doing. I got my other friend, Bob. I go to him sometimes. He lives down the road. Yeah, you know, these guys know about the body. So, you know, I talk to them. I don't even think we're a real doctor anymore. I got I got my acupuncture. I got my I'm going that I'm going there tomorrow late, checking that out. He'll stick me with a bunch of pins, I'll be fine. Kidding me? They would beat me and stick pine cones in my ass. It's unbelievable. I can't catch a break. I'm telling you that right now. So uh but I'm here. I have no fear, I'm battling away. And uh I'm here and I and I'm happy to be back. So I guess that's my way of saying uh, thanks for the support. Uh, have no fear, but uh, yeah, I, I'm here. So uh, as I said, I got to get into some of the wrestling stuff. There's a lot to cover, and there's a lot of stuff you guys want to hear. I also, before I do that, do that, I want to, um, on a serious tip, talk about a, uh, a, a, a tweet that I put out yesterday uh, towards um, all the uh, ECW dojo, the House of Hardcore, the original House of Hardcore, the wrestling school that ECW owned, that Paul Heyman owned, that I ran you know, many, many years ago. And um, most of you folks saw this on Twitter that I, I did put out an apology because uh, I I was just, it, it's been bothering me. And then I, I talked to a couple of the guys offline. Um, it, it's hard to get into a whole thing about it, but I, I, I had apologized because I was wrong. And, I, and, and because... I was the victim of editing, but not that's not an excuse. I, I said something 
that was just at, about if you guys watched the special on WWE Network, the ECW um, gimmick that myself and the Dudleys and uh, Paul and Dreamer did. I um I was asked by Corey Graves about hey you know who I don't remember his exact words but who notable or famous or whatever the heck he said uh, did you train out of the you know ECW uh, uh, you know wrestling school and I quickly said in my you know Taz fashion that I would do out here uh, nobody none you know like in my sarcastic attempt at a joke type thing and then I went on and 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 everybody giggled and it was cool and then said talked about Danny and Roadkill and stuff like that and you know and 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 other guys in the panel did too and but that didn't make air and and that's not an excuse so I felt I know that a couple of guys were upset I know Chris was upset Chetty. Uh, I know Danny Doring and I talked offline right after I saw with WWE how it was edited. I uh, privately messaged Danny and talked with Doring and said, because I don't have contact with Roach, I don't think he's on um, on Twitter. And I said to Danny, I said, yo, man, i just let you know, uh, out of respect, uh, I, I think they edited out the gimmick because I didn't see, ba ba ba. And he was like, it's cool, man, I get it, I understand. I did not, I had not talked to Chris. And then Chris was upset about it, unbeknownst to me, until I saw his tweet. And then I started thinking, you know, this 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 affected people more than I thought. And then I had another conversation yesterday with Doring uh, in the morning uh, while I was in bed, shot sick. And I'm like, dude, I, what, you know, I, 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 what is going on? Like, and he and he explained to me that I, yeah, he goes, ah, I think some guys are upset. I, I, you know, the way your comment, maybe it was taken out of context. And and but it, well, I'm like, God, you know. Then I started putting myself where I was many years ago as a young wrestler, thinking if I was trained at a place like the House Hardcore under guys like myself or Perry Saturn, and the way it was a tough place, and and then being on the ring crew, being on the road, paying your dues, working hard, you know, and all of that, and then and then for the guy that was the the head trainer to make a snarky comment like that would be really pissed me off. So. I made a mistake. I, I shouldn't have did that on a WWE special. I'm not blaming WWE for the edit. I understand TV production. I understand how that works. And and so does the guys from the House of Hardcore. They get it. You know, from from the dojo. They, they know the business. But I shouldn't have said what I said. I was wrong of that. So I just want to just quickly uh, read the tweet that I put out. Uh, it was long. Not too long. But I had a, I had a kind of, it took me a while to figure out how to do this. Like do like a screenshot of a gimmick note whatever the f it is but i basically said message to the special few professional wrestlers who had the ability toughness and heart to make it through the original ecw dojo now that opening statement took me a while to think of how to say that because i wanted to explain because you know with twitter you're subject to a few characters right i wanted to explain in an open how these guys that that did graduate because there wasn't many were special and there weren't many of them, and that's that's by design, and that's something that people need to realize. Most real fans from ECW back then know it was tough, and there wasn't a lot of guys. This wasn't a factory pumping out wrestlers. That's not what this was, and that's not it was never designed to be that. But you know, uh, guys like the, the three guys I just named, you know, Chetty, Doring, and Roadkill, were definitely three of the guys who did well and made it out of there, and all three had insane potential. Um, you know, Chris's career kind of got cut down, unfortunately, shorter due to injury, and but he had nothing but massive upside. And, and Roadkill and Doring, you know, they had massive success. I mean, uh, just didn't, couldn't get to that next level for whatever reason. That's nothing to do with their abilities or, or what they do as pros. 
Um, they really didn't. I was everybody. Everybody was always fans in ECW behind the scenes of of, of those guys for sure. I mean, hence they they run with the belts and all this jazz. But um, and then I went into after I did the setup on the message. My tweet basically said. Uh, let me pull this up here. I apologize for my comment on the WWE special to all the wrestlers who busted their asses to make it through the ECW dojo. It was not an easy wrestling school by any stretch, and they all paid their dues big time on the road and were great guys to deal with. And that's the truth, by the way. Uh, very proud of them. But my comment on the special did not reflect that. Edited, yes. I was sarcastically joking, but I was wrong. Even though I speak for a living every day, doesn't mean that I don't make mistakes with my words at times. I plan on going into detail on the, my show, and that's what I'm doing right now. And then I close it by saying, to all those wrestlers, I assume you were insulted, and I apologize. Now, I some of them might just stay mad at me, and, and I can't help that. I was wrong. I made a mistake, and I own it, and, and I feel bad about it. I'm proud to say I had a great long talk with, with um, via text slash DM with Doring uh, yesterday uh, uh, after this, and with Chetty after this, and 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 you know it, it was great conversation and stuff like that. So I I just you know it was it was something that like I said I don't remember if I talked about this when I first came on my show here the day after well no it wasn't the day after taping because it was taped and they aired it. So I don't remember if I came out here and talked about that, but I know when, the way it was edited, I was a little concerned. Like, oh, I hope this doesn't offend anyone. I probably shouldn't have said that. Then as a week or so went by, then I saw guys upset and I heard guys upset. I'm like, I really effed up here. I shouldn't have said what I said, even though I didn't mean it in, in, in a harsh way. And I didn't. It was just me being a sarcastic, immature goof. And that, that's all it was. I mean, for go, those guys that really know me, you know, behind the scenes, they know how my, that's just my sense of humor. But those wrestlers from ECW, Dojo, know me. But it's like I pooped on their work and pooped on their effort. And that's the last thing I wanted to do. So I made a mistake. And obviously, you could tell my voice and by me talking about it and tweeting about it, I mean that. So I just, I, I felt like I needed to talk about that and uh, and just mention it here out of respect for those guys and, and, and own up to a mistake. I mean, uh you know, that's uh, that's the deal. Uh, uh, also, in some lighter news, um, hoodie, hoodie Jones. Yes, um, there's a new hoodie, this camo hoodie I've been talking about. It's going to be very limited. Okay, it's going to be very limited. Um, I think we might have a video. That there is the video. As you guys watch the video, here it is. Okay, so very limited. Uh, only 50 being made, as you can see. Okay, so you see that font there. It's the same font, artwork, and everything, except instead of a gray fill and the word gimmick, it's a white fill. Um, that's me wearing the prototype Jones, about to flip everyone off. But anyway, it's a white fill, and it says the Tash underneath it. That's the exact graph that'll be on the camo hoodie. Okay, so the one that I was wearing um, in the photo is a prototype. It's very similar uh, we'll have a better photo, but it's going to be available Pro Wrestling Tees or Clothesline. I guess Pro Wrestling Tees, they're together in essence. And, uh, and it's going to be very limited, so that's going to drop soon. And they're going to go quick, and I don't think that they're keeping them up for sale long. Um, I don't 
Uh, I don't know the price yet. I don't think they're going to be. This is not like a $20 gimmick. (laughs) So, but it's also not a $100 gimmick. But it's going to be in the middle of there. I I don't know. I guess they got to work out the price and we got to figure that out. busted. We got to figure all that out. Yeah. So, so, um, you know, it's... uh, uh, it should be pretty cool, and and hopefully, I, I'm pretty sure it could be done and get out by the holidays, hopefully, for people that want any holidays, and available worldwide. That's the big thing, because several things uh, that we've done here on the Taz Show outside of Pro Wrestling Tees stuff has not been available to our fans uh, out there in the UK and the fans out in the Australia or maybe uh, in Guam or wherever you live. Uh, but, you know, now this, this camo hoodie, very, very limited, only 50, that's going to fly. Uh, going to be available worldwide. So we'll do a thing where we'll let you know basically the exact... I'm going to try... Let me. I shouldn't just say this because I didn't talk to Pro Wrestling Tees yet. But I think I want to try and do a, th- a deal where we could put out on Twitter. I will put it out personally right when the, when the link drops or whatever. When Pro Wrestling Tees drops the link for you to purchase it. Um, I'll give you a heads up around when that could be. Hypothetically, I'll say, okay, can, it's going to be whatever. I don't know. December 4th. You know, at 2 p.m. Eastern, get ready. That's when it's dropping. That's the best way to do it. And we'll get the word out like that. So once it drops, you guys try and grab them. And, uh, you know, and, and then we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I, I'm i pretty sure they're going to sell pretty good. They're really cool looking. They're different. It's different than typical pro wrestling stuff, to be honest. No knocking anybody else's stuff. It's a different look. Um, it, it's kind of it's definitely an urban look. There's a lot of urban clothing that has that feel. And I was inspired by some of that stuff. So... I want to do something a little different. So the typical wrestling style stuff, apparel that you guys buy. Uh, you know, maybe it sucks. Maybe you don't want it. I don't know. Um, I think I talked about the uh, the other gimmick. Yeah, Facebook gimmick, I covered that. Okay, it might be time to get into a phone call. And and then uh, get into talking about uh, either NXT or SmackDown first. Busy Jones here. Hey, uh, Jeremy in Georgia, you're on the Taz Show. Hey, how y'all doing this moment? What's up, big guy? How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Glad to hear you're doing better. Thank you, pal. Appreciate that, man. Um, well, see, I, you know, I bet old uh, Viking Rob over there don't like me anymore, does he? What happened? He don't like Viking Rob? What? <laughs> <laughs> what happened? What, what do you mean? What happened? I said, man, he don't like me. I'm the one commenting the other day said uh, about the old Winston Brands got him in the hot water over there. Oh, Winston Brands. Yeah, you can't see. That's the thing. Winston Brands. I'm telling you from experience, <laughs> Jeremy, that Winston Brands was a real nasty bastard back in the ECW office. I can tell you that, that Bubba Ray Dudley. Wait, I didn't say that today. Um. <laughs> you know, he said, he said, uh, he said, uh, you asked about the Winston Brands. He didn't know. And you're like, did you watch DCW? Yeah. So, yeah, what he's saying, Rob, is that you kind of got busted. That's what that's what Jeremy I said. fell asleep during the special. Oh, oh see, yeah. see, Jeremy, it was very, Jeremy, that, that's even, that's such a left-handed compliment. The special was so exciting to the Rob that he just fell asleep. Mm. Thanks, Rob. It was great. That was, I was laughing so hard. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway, um, I, have, uh, I have about two quick questions, if you don't yeah, mind. Go for it. Um, one, um, if you... If there was a, let's say, Goldberg and Lesnar, if they were to get in an actual real fist fight, who would win? Uh... (laughs) My opinion. I know that's a tough question. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't think it's a tough question. I appreciate what you're saying, Jeremy. And this is no knock on Goldberg. I, I think Goldberg. I, I think uh, Brock would win only because he's you know, you know his 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 background and not just that his uh, you know 
he's used to fighting for real in the UFC for you know and right. MMA and training for quite a long time. Also, obviously in college as a wrestler, so at University of Minnesota. So you know, again, I'm not saying Goldberg. Goldberg could probably throw hands and whoop somebody's ass too. I'm not knocking that, but I'm just <laughs> saying that you know, it, I don't think you'll ever see that happen. But I would think that if that would happen, just my opinion. I mean. I think Brock is probably beating a lot of guys up. I mean, so it's like, you know, it's. Oh yeah, that's what yeah. that's what I felt too. I just I just wanted, um, that's the question. Um, yeah. I just retorted there. Anyway, uh, my, my main question though is, um, if you could, if you had the chance and the opportunity and everything was, you know, you had the desire and all that, if you could go back to the WWE, uh, say like Goldberg did, you know, make a return and all that. Yeah. Would you do it, and what title would you want to pursue if you did? I wouldn't want to do it, um, and I appreciate you saying that, Jeremy. I wouldn't want to do it, and it wouldn't even be about titles, bro. I'm sorry. It's not a juicy answer, but I'm being sincere. I, I, I have – I mean, look, there are a lot of times that I miss being in a ring and competing, and thank you, Jeremy, for calling from Georgia. But I, I, um, my time is way past me in the ring. I'm, I'm, I, I wouldn't be able to do – what people remember me doing. I couldn't do it like that because of injury and just being backed up or banged up, you know, especially with suplexes. You know, just my neck and nerve issues in my body and uh, lack of flexibility I had in my spine and my lower back from all the years of training to perfect those suplexes. I wouldn't have that explosiveness in those in those throws. Um, I don't know what would happen when I landed myself on those throws. I wouldn't have the I wouldn't be able to have the intensity that I had at, at, at 49 years old. It's just I worked a different style. I wasn't a, uh, I wasn't a big man that could take my time in matches and just hit a couple of spots and move on. That wasn't how I worked. I worked a more f- you know, intense, quick, aggressive, full-throttle type of angry, shooting-style worker. That's what Taz was. And, you know, uh, just takedowns, reversals quick and throws and stuff like that and uh, you know, rage, intensity, and that's the, that's what the character Taz was. It was an extension of me. I still have some of that in me, believe me. I do. I could I could cut those promos with no problem that I used to cut. That's easy for me. But I, I as far as the physicality, I mean, you know, listen, it's hard, guys. You know, I, I'm, I'm serious. It's hard for guys to, and girls to come back to the business and work when you get a lot older. I might have said this a long time ago here on the Taz Show. I'll never, like Coco Beware, okay? Everybody remembers Coco Beware, right? So Coco Beware, I remember when I first met him many, many years ago. I mean, he probably remember he said this to me, but I met him like on the independent. I was working, you know, somewhere in Connecticut at a car dealership, meaning wrestling, <laughs> in, in a parking lot of a car dealership. And Coco was like one of the big stars that was booked on. I think he just left WWF. And I introduced myself. It was all nice to meet you. And, and we were just talking for a couple minutes and, he was a really nice guy. Again, I really didn't know the man. And I don't know how we got into the topic, the conversation. And he said something to me that stuck with me forever. And he said, it's a young man's business. <clears throat> and at the time, I was a young man. Uh, and he was getting older. And I, I can't recall why he said that to me. It, it was We were having a really nice, cool conversation in a locker room. Uh, and it was only like a five-minute convo, you know. Um, like I said, he probably don't even know it. I mean, <laughs> I remember it. And that stuck out to me. And he's right. Now, that doesn't mean that there can't be situations where, you know, legends or older guys or girls show up and do things. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and I think that makes things cool. Like when a Goldberg shows up and does some things. Yeah, I think that's cool. But, you know, we haven't seen Goldberg, like, work a match 
you know, go in there and work like a 20-minute match. I'm not saying he can't, but that's a lot different than doing a couple of high spots and pinning the guy. You know, it's a lot different from a phys- physical standpoint. Trust me. So, but my thing is I'm not knocking any of older guys that come back and do things. I think that's great. If you have that kind of, you know, popularity or fame and you can still draw money and get people into you when you come out, that's awesome. I just can't get in there and do what I used to do. I just can't do it like I like I could do it, but I can't do it like I used to do it. And I also going to risk very serious injury for myself because I've had a very bad neck injury years ago. Now I wrestled after that injury, but <clears throat> I did a lot of damage to my neck off that injury. So, you know, uh, I, I, look, if an older wrestler or a legend or a guy from a couple generations ago comes back and it works creatively, then that's sick. That's awesome. That's cool. I mean, look at well, just just there's, there's news out there about Ric Flair that he's now signed some kind of deal with WWE, right? He's going to be back on Raw all the time. Now, that doesn't mean Rick's going to be wrestling. He's going to be being Ric Flair. He'll do stuff, I guess, because of Charlotte, and they'll do something with Sasha and Rick. And, you know, I, I, you know, I'm just saying, like, but if a guy like Rick can extend his success and do something like that and have a position with WWE, uh, pff, that, hey, more power to him. That's awesome. I mean, you know, that's great. I mean, he's Ric Flair. I get it, and that that's cool. But it's not like Rick is going to go in there and start wrestling matches. I mean, uh, you know, he, he can't do that. I mean, it, it's it's uh, it's just, you know, it can't happen. You know, at, at, at the age he is and, and the age a lot of us are. It's just it's a young man's business. You know, I guess to be PC correct, it's a young person's business. You know, I mean, but Coco said young man's business. So, <laughs> but again, that was that had to be... Probably 1990, man, that might have been around, uh, I could be off a little, probably around 92, maybe 91, 1991, something like that. I can't recall, but it was somewhere in the early, early 90s, maybe 90, I don't know. That's a, and that's just stuck in my brain. And 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 uh, and I, I just remembered, I just, you know, I, I, I want to, once I'm done and I leave, once I started getting success in um, in ECW as a wrestler, you know, I, I I knew it wouldn't last forever. And then I signed with WWE. I'm like, okay. But then I tore my bicep. <laughs> Once I signed with WWE, and that was a bitch of an injury, and I did it on Raw. And I'm like, okay, I, I you know, I don't know how much longer I can do this because I'm starting to really get, you know, smashed up here. You know what I mean? So... For Jeremy, I appreciate your, your question, and but I wouldn't do it. I gave you a long-winded answer, but it's a shoot. Look, I'm going to be honest, right? Just sitting here right now talking to you guys. Like, right now, I'm moving a lot. My left hip is killing me. Like, I have a pain for two days that's like a knife going in my hip and grinding my hip. You know, and it's like, it, it you know, it's part of the game. It just, you know, it's just part of the business, you know? I was talking with Sabu. Uh, the other day offline, and we were texting each other, and, 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 you know, his hip and everything's good now. He had <clears throat> the surgery, and he says he's feeling great and all this jazz. And it's, you know, that's that's something that happens to wrestlers. Their hips go. I mean, I hope that's not my case. I hope this is a muscle, but I got pain in that friggin' hip. And it's just because of what you do, you know, what you when you do this and you abuse your body for that many years, you, you're going to feel it as you get older. And no matter what shape you're in, I'll tell you that. <laughs> No matter if you're out of shape or in shape, you're, you're going to be hurting. It's just it's a human body's not meant to go through 
what wrestlers' bodies go through, and we have no off-season. Your body gets smashed up four or five days a week for years. Years with no off-season. You know, no one, and people, I think, and this is no disrespect to fans, okay, that never wrestled, but fans sometimes get disconnected that we're human beings with bodies that are, you like, you know, we're not machines. Like, you, yeah, they're tough, they're big, they're muscular. Okay, yeah, great, 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 true, true, true. Does not mean that you're not human <laughs> and you get hurt and you and you can stay hurt and it could last and it could cause arthritis and it could cause paralysis. It could cause a lot of issues. And, you know, it, and it, that, I was just talking to someone about this. That's why I understand, too, this, this that a lot of wrestlers, guys from my generation, even before my generation, they live in warm climates. They live in Arizona. They live in Florida or maybe out West Coast somewhere in California because the weather's warmer. So when it's damp out and cold out, yo, I'm hurting like a bitch <laughs> because it gets right in my joints, that dampness. You know, I'm not sitting here whining and bitching. I'm just talking about why I can't get back in here and do it. And, and, and I want you guys as an audience to, and I know most of you do, respect what these guys and girls are doing in the ring, the current guys and girls and the ones of past. You know, respect it because it's no effing joke. It's not. And that's why a lot of you hardcore fans get pissed off when someone from outside the wrestling business goes public uh, and, and buries pro wrestling. And, oh, it's fake and all this stuff. And that, that's why wrestlers get pissed also besides fans that say that because it's a respect for what the men and women do. Yeah, you're getting paid. You're getting paid well for it. Absolutely. Well, you chose that life. Yeah, that's true. But that doesn't give you the right to piss on what I've done or do just because I chose that. See, so that, that's the thing. And, and I think a lot of fans reflect that, and, and they get angry. You guys get angry, which I think is, uh, is awesome, you know, when you guys defend the business. And fans, I'm sorry, wrestlers like that when you guys do that. Trust me. Of course, it's appreciation. You know, it's appreciation. And, uh, you know, I remember it was Conor McGregor or somebody recently, um, and I went off on my show about it. I can't remember, it was maybe Dana White, one of those guys, bash pro wrestling, like shooting their own angle, whatever they were doing. And people, not just me and other wrestlers, but people, just fans, attacked the dude. Like, it was crazy. All right, I got to go to break. All right, let's have a break. I'm going to talk some SmackDown and NXT. Be right back, Tad Show. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. All right, all right, back here. Oh. Taz Show on a Thursday edition. Getting ready to rock and roll here. Going to talk a lot about uh, several different shows, wrestling shows that have happened, WWE programming, actually. The past uh, you know, couple days here from NXT, 205 Live, SmackDown, a uh, whole bunch of stuff. Here. So, I mean, some of the things that jumped out to me in SmackDown. And then, uh, by the way, if I, I said it earlier, we'll be on Facebook Live in the fourth quarter. And then we put out that false alarm tweet uh, yesterday in our, Insta- in, in our Facebook Live uh, about the new gimmick on TazShow.com for chatting. Uh, not yet, not yet, not yet. Either tomorrow or Friday. So Facebook Live will be later on if you guys want to jump on it. Spread the word. Let them know. Just let them all know. Whatever the hell that means. Just let them know. That's what I'm saying. Day, night, cold, hot. It's all good. 
So uh, SmackDown, you know, uh, I, I wanted to cover it yesterday, but obviously I wasn't here, so I couldn't. And so I, I definitely watched the show and, and all that jazz. And, you know, some things that stuck out to me, uh, which I, I thought were, were pretty cool. Uh, I liked the first segment with Becky and Alexa, uh, the contract signing. Alexa, and I've talked about it before while she was in, um, while she was in uh, NXT, she does a great job as a heel. She she pulls off that that that, you know that bitchy heel thing. No disrespect to the girl, I'm just mean that in character. She pulls that off phenomenally. <laughs> she does an awesome job at it, and um, I, I like where they went here. What did they tease that Becky was going to give like a big suplex? Uh, looked like she was going for like a high collar T-bone, I believe, off the second rope uh, to a table. Uh, the contract signing, like most contract signings, end up being a problem. And that's wrestling, right? That's what happens, uh, you know. <laughs> so, man. So, um, anyway, uh, what what happens is uh, it ends up that that Becky ends up going through the table. And what uh, Alexa did, she she raked the eyes and did something quickly to the eyes. It was kind of too quick, in my opinion. I didn't even spot it until the announcers brought attention to it. And then Becky ends up going through the table, which set up that they made the announcement that the champion, Becky Lynch, will defend a title this Sunday at TLC in a tables match against Alexa Alexa Bliss. So, um, you know, I like how they're setting this up. They're giving good attention to the uh, the women's title uh, there on SmackDown, which they're doing a great job on Raw, but it also, as we know, with Sasha and Charlotte now that Sasha's the new champ and all that jazz. So it was tough for these women. I, I, I From a booking perspective, just in my opinion, I, I, I got to say I give WWE a lot of credit and a lot of balls for coming out in that first segment with Becky and Alexa and that that title. And what I mean by that is that's a direct shot saying, okay, your girls did this great thing on Raw. If you go on Raw SmackDown, if you're in that competitive zone, like let's say they're shooting. You guys did this great thing with Sasha and Charlotte on Raw, this great, amazing, amazing match and the title change. We're coming back right out of the box the next night live on SmackDown with our women's champion, and a contract signing. That's a little rough to compare a contract signing. Not compare. I shouldn't say compare. To have a contract signing when these other two girls just had this amazing match. Not that Becky and Alexa can't. I'm sure they'll tear it up on Sunday in TLC. But I'm saying is I I, I would have I would have went a different way. I wouldn't have had that the first segment. That's just me armchair booking. You know, No harm, no foul. I like the angle. I like Becky and Alexa together as a, a feud. And I like uh, the table uh, stipulation attitude. I think that's really cool. I'm digging it. I like it. And I think it'll be a really good match. And tomorrow, uh, on the Friday edition of the Taz Show, I will give a prediction, uh, do a prediction show, in essence, for TLC. So uh, I'll handle that business uh, tomorrow. So I'm not going to get into who I think will win Sunday. But I like how they're setting that up. Uh, Then we saw uh, Corbin and Miz in a tag match against Kalisto and Dolph. you know, they incorporated the chairs here at this thing because it made sense because Baron Corbin, he ends up hitting uh, and gets DQ'd for his team. Uh, Kalisto in the back with a steel chair, which leads to another segue into Sunday. Kalisto versus Baron Corbin in a chairs match. I know these guys have had this little kind of angle with each other. I still don't, I, you know, I don't still don't see the, I don't understand why they put these two guys against each other in an angle. But it is what it is, and I guess it'll end on Sunday. I think it needs to end with, with, with Corbin up as as the winner. But it's, it is a chairs match, so they had that incorporated on SmackDown um, and caused a DQ, which I think is smart. They could have just used a chair and then pinned 
one of the baby faces, but they didn't do that, which I think is good. I think it's okay that DQ don't, you know, I don't mind the DQ in that situation. I, I thought it was fine. Um, I, I did like Carmella. She came out. You guys know I'm a fan of Carmella's promo work and her in-ring work and her look. Carmella pro, uh, promo was excellent. She buried Nikki Bella bad and kind of was taking shots towards Cena and Nikki. Talking about Cena, you know, that's his, his fiance or girlfriend or whatever. And Nikki came out the right way, red hot, pissed off. They got into a really good fight, Carmella and Nikki, and I thought it was good. Uh, there was a good lead-in into uh, Sunday um, at, at, in a no-DQ match. And I think it all works, and it's smart. Real simple angle these two girls are doing, but it works. And they have good chemistry in the ring together. So I do think uh, Nikki and Carmella will have a really good match. And no-DQ can get a little crazy. Because when you have no DQ as a wrestler putting together a match, you know you don't have as much uh, restraints on you. You don't have as much. Oh, okay, we got to worry about this. Oh God, we got to worry about that. Oh, we got to worry about. Sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's bad. Sometimes that's bad because you can't get. You don't want to get spoiled with that. You don't want to where you're. You know, where you're just doing too much crazy stuff. You got to kind of sprinkle that stuff in. You know, a lot of times you'll see matches will start in the ring and then they'll spiel outside the guardrail, outside the ring, I should say, and then over the guardrail. If it's no DQ, but then again, it's not it's not saying no count out, so that it, it, the steps are kind of, you know, DQ could be no count out. It's, <laughs> even as an announcer, sometimes you ask those questions uh, behind the scenes. Ah, uh, well, it's no DQ. Does that mean it's no count out? Well, um, you know, it kind of changes as it goes because if you look at a pro wrestling rule book, um, you know, it, they're, they're really, uh, there is no really rule book. So if you guys didn't realize that, uh, sorry to tell you, uh, there is no rule book. Yes. Um, so. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's more of a tablet. It's a it's the pro wrestling tablet. I'm done with the tablet. That, that's basically what it is. So, yeah, so it's it's a it's a uh, it's kind of hard to find the rules. To be honest with you, as an announcer, I said, "Where is this rule book? I'm looking for this rule book. It's in the rule book. Look, rule book. Where's this rule book? So there's got to be a rule book online that somebody made a pro wrestling rule book. But anyway, I digress. So I like the Carmella uh, Nikki thing. I do. I, I like what they did. On the show. There was something in the next deal that happened, the Ambrose Asylum, when Ellsworth was the guest, James Ellsworth, that I want to point out to you guys, which led to something that I said on probably Tuesday's show. Okay. Ambrose, Ellsworth, they're talking, yada, 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 doing the whole thing, whatever. AJ comes out. Okay. Watch what AJ does, guys. If you want to go back, you watch this. This is the complete opposite of what I talked about with Roman Reigns, Jericho, and Owens. If you guys remember, I said you had the two heels in the ring with Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho, and Roman Reigns walked right down the ramp and got right in the ring and did a whole promo segment in the ring in front of two heels, and the two heels did absolutely nothing to him. There was no, I don't think there was any physicality in that segment on Raw. She's counting me down. But the deal is this. The deal is this. Okay? AJ didn't do that. Now, AJ's the heel, and there's two baby faces in the ring. Which is even easier to do what you did on Raw, if that makes sense. But they went a different route, which is the right route, which is to the point that I made on Monday. I'm sorry, Tuesday show. AJ came out while the two baby faces were in the ring, and the first thing he did is he walked over to the announce desk and he stood on top of the announce desk and cut his promo as he was walking down the ramp. Then he went to the announce desk, stood on top of there. And then and then he went from there. Okay, as they were going back and forth on a promo and walked towards the ring, got on the apron, kept cutting a promo. He's slowly making his way into the ring. He's dipping his toe in the water, AJ, in character. 
Danny dipped his knee in it. Danny went up to his thigh. Then he got in the ring, full body in the ring. Okay, that's smart. On the desk, then the apron, not in the ring initially. Then he got in the ring. Now it's easier to get into your physicality, and it's smarter. It's a smarter way to do it. Smarter, much smarter. And they sure got into it where you saw AJ pushed Ellsworth into um, uh, Ambrose physicality, and then there was a nasty chair shot to the back of Ellsworth while Ellsworth was hanging upside down defenseless. That is a bitch. I've never had that done, but I've been hit with a lot of chairs. To get me to do that, you you might need to bonus me. I'm just telling you right now. Cause that, that's not something I'm doing. I mean, so it's um, uh, it was rough looking. Uh, that was rough looking. Uh, and then speaking of rough looking, we saw that, that Styles clash off of the steps, which was a good way to totally eliminate Ellsworth. It, it, the camera angle, man, it almost looked like he hit the step, but I don't think he did. Uh, he definitely didn't. But it was still nasty looking, and the camera angle really helped it. Uh, which is good. They're doing TV. That's how you got to do it. It's about doing good TV, and they did that. You know what I mean? But but I really liked um, AJ as a heel coming out, not getting the ring. It's something I couldn't wait to come out here and tell you guys about it because it, it led to exactly what I said happened on Raw to the opposite. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's how you do it. You don't have to just get right in the ring and get two guys. Fit. It's two against one, especially two bad guys against one good guy in this situation. Yeah, two, uh, on the Raw situation, I should say. Two bad guys in Owens and Jericho against one good guy. And, and, and they just, I still, I'm still surprised they did that on Monday. I really am. And it's just something that jumped out to me. I know things are changing. I know the business is changing. I mean, uh, you know, we're all getting older. I get it. <laughs> but there are still some things in the rules of fighting and common sense, I think, that makes sense. And I think what they did on SmackDown made sense, in my opinion. Then we saw a long match with Kane against Luke Harper. And these are two big guys, really big dudes. They did a two-segment match. Kane won the match. For two guys this size, I thought it was a good match. It, it, you know, usually you'll see better matches with guys this size when they're in there with a guy a little bit smaller. Okay, somebody can bump around and move around a little quicker. These guys are both big dudes. They're athletic, but they're big. And you heard JBL reference it many times how big they are because they are. <laughs> but it was a long match, and I thought that the people were a little quiet during this match. Um, I think it's tough. I think it's tough for two guys this size to expect them to go that long. It's not their fault. I just think that giving the guys that big that amount of time is a little rough. Uh, it really is. And, and uh, But I don't think it was a bad match. I think both guys, I respect both of them. I think they're both excellent workers. And, um, and they pull off the big, nasty, tough bastard guy well, because they both are big, nasty, tough bastards. So it makes sense, you know what I mean? But uh, but I, you know, I mean, those those are some of the things that just that jumped out to me in a heavy duty way about SmackDown. Um, I just wanted to hit on some of that because it was a couple days ago. You know, I'm usually pretty topical on what happens. Uh, if there's anything else on SmackDown that jumped out, is there anything else that jumped out to you from a fan's perspective that maybe you saw, Rob? Or I like the end of the episode. I thought that that was good when Heath Slater and Rhino did the promo. And then uh, Styles came in and interrupted them and was like, get out of here. Like, you know, you're not important. Yes. And then Ambrose attacked him from behind, threw him over the couch and everything. I thought that was a really good way to kind of set up the main event for Sunday. Yeah, it is a good way. And it's a smart way to set up the main event. And to, to the fact that I said from the top of the show on SmackDown, and it's, it, you said the word setup, and those are important things. 
just like they did, they went into the SmackDown episode with Becky and Alyssa, uh, Becky and Alexa, not a tables match, and did the table bump as a perfect segue. Hey, now we're gonna have a tables match type thing, you know. So that's that's smart. That's good booking. That's when you have a good staff around you or some good brains around you, and that's Vince. To Vince, he could do this stuff in his sleep when he wants. So, you know, it, it, it all makes sense. Of and course, you know, I don't talk bad about the WWE anymore because they're my friends. Yes. That's right. I am not stupid. They like me this week. Obviously, I, like I know Vince McMahon. And I like them. So it's okay. You know what I mean? So it all works. So, you know what I mean? Uh, so that's the deal on that. So, uh, I, I, you know, now, so I'm just thinking. So I do I go into 205 Live because that happened after? I guess I could just do that. I'm just, just break down Jones over here. I mean, just, just, just completely... Um, hitting uh, everything on it. Uh, and now some people said, oh, my God, Taz, 205 Live, you were right. You were right. People were leaving the building because it was late at night and their kids had school and they had work. Trabajo. <laughs> That's how you say work in the Spanish, right? Trabajo. Yes. Yes. See, si. Buy a hat. Anyway. I'll tell you this. I know I was right. It's common sense. You work in enough buildings and been in enough shows, you see this happen. You know, if the show's too long, people are going to split. And that's unfortunately what happened with 205 Live, which I liked the show watching at home. I did. I enjoyed it. I'm, I'm a fan of, of what, what guys under 205 can do. <laughs> Cruiserweights. I mean, the, the athleticism, the work rate, the wrestling, all that. It's phenomenal. But you know you gotta be you gotta be careful, and they they did the right thing. They lowered the lights a little bit to, to avoid seeing a lot of empty seats. They did the right thing, and that's that's they're not worried about the house, boys and girls. They're worried about what they put on the WWE network, the programming, how it looks, and that's what they do great. TV, they are a TV machine. The WWE, they are bottom line. They really are. Yes, it's that simple. So they know how to get the TV out the right way. That's their main thing. Listen, it's like an artist. The artist looks at the canvas as, okay, this is where I'm putting my work. That's what the arena is to WWE. It's just the canvas. <laughs> so it, it, it's not the work. It's the canvas. When you think of great artists, you don't think of, oh, uh, Leonardo the crap not he's not an artist what the hell Will you stop? the other guy uh, Le uh, what's his name the big artist the famous guy the, the painter Da Vinci the, yeah Da Vinci da yeah Vinci. that's his name Da Vinci Leonardo Da Vinci right you think he can does anybody know what brand canvas Leonardo Da Vinci used did he use Myco Nuco Marco Gimmick Dynaflowco what company did he use nobody knows nobody cares Nobody cares. I'm telling you. No one cares. You don't care about that. You care about the work that's put on the canvas. That's the WWE. The arena is the canvas. They don't care about that. The people in the audience are customers. They are the WWE Universe. But at the end of the day, for TV production and WWE Network, which is the right way to think, no matter if it's TNA, Ring of Honor, Lucha Underground, whoever, the people in the audience, this is going to sound harsh, but I do harsh well. The people in the audience are props. The announcers, believe it or not, are an extension of the props that are hype men. That's how it's done. 
That's how production's done. And that's not a negative thing. That's a positive thing. That's that's how you do it's entertainment. And instead of calling the audience props, maybe I should have said this. The audience are extras. That's a better way to put it. That's a much better way to put it. That's what they are. And that's how it has to be. So, look, I'm sure when they came up with the concept of 205 Live, it's going to be after SmackDown. Somebody in the room probably said, okay, we got to worry about keeping the audience. They're going to leave. And someone else probably said, yes, most of them probably will leave. It's okay. We'll lower the lights. It's, it's you know, it's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll keep. Maybe they won't be as hot. We can't really, you know, pump uh, gimmick sound in too much or whatever. And I don't think they did that. I think what they did on 205 Live was awesome. The audio seemed natural to me. Um, uh, you know, they, from a production standpoint, they did an amazing job, as usual. WWE does better than anybody. The imaging, packaging on the talent, making new stars. And that's what they did. And they did that on, for a lot of guys. I, I like how it started. I liked how it started. It's something a little different. All the talent on a stage in a full lineup. Here's the roster. Here's our guys. Boom, 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 boom. That's cool. That makes it different. That makes it cool. I like it. I got to know these guys. I can see it. You can feel an international feel. You got cats from all over the place. Not just guys from the Northeast like Brooklyn, Newark, and Philly. You had guys from everywhere. Did you like that? Uh... Turn your mic on. So if you want to talk to me on the air, you need your microphone on. Tell the producer to turn your mic on. Oh, wait a minute. Oh. I don't know. There we go. Oh, that's always an I don't know. Did you like the fact that Kendrick was the last one introduced when he held up the belt to everybody and like, come and get me kind of thing? Of course I did. Absolutely, sir. That's exactly what you want to do. You want to make the champion feel special. And that's what they did by having him last. Brian knows how to pull that off the right way. He went to, and they, they went. He went towards the end of the line. Didn't walk up to the guy. Turned towards all those, all the talent. Showed the belt to my man Rich Swan and said, "Yo, tonight you got a shot, and I'm taking you out. Whatever, something like that. Whatever he said. Okay, I love that. I love that they started like that. I did. There is something I didn't like about the start. I did not like the fact that the Bollywood boys started the show. That 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 was the entrance that we saw." After a package, I believe it was that uh, that uh, Tony Nice and Gulak were already in the ring. You didn't see their entrance, which I'm fine with that. But I don't think you want to start this this thing off with an entrance. In my opinion, of two guys that nobody knows. If you watch the Cruiserweight thing, you've seen these guys for a little bit for a cup of coffee, and they're both very good. I'm not knocking the Bollywood boys. I like them. I do. I just don't think your first show. That you should start off with two guys that nobody knows. I'm not, you know, I, the only, the only, I, I mean, I think there are uh, there are other guys there that people know. Like, hey, let's start off with TJ TJ Perkins. You know, I think now he's a guy that's already made star. He's been on the main shows, so you could start off and get people's attention. But then again, I guess if you're buying the network, you're watching the network, you're a fan already. So uh, again, I'm, the rules change a little bit than regular TV. They do. So I'm looking at it as a TV show when in essence it's 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 on their network. So maybe I'm wrong. Hey, so what the Bollywood Boys started it off? You know, because you're subscribing to the network if you're watching these the Bollywood Boys. So we got you ready. Meaning that you're buying the network. You're a fan of WWE programming to a degree and you're watching. I'm just saying if it let's hypothetically say if this was on Freaking USA or something like that, you know. Uh, maybe you don't start off with guys that n- no one knows yet. 
start off with someone and then have the Bollywood boys. I mean, look, uh, uh, you know, listen, they, they don't have star power yet, but they got a big, huge victory on the show. That's going to add to their star power, and, and they had a lot of publicity on the show. Um, I, I don't agree that they should have won. <laughs> I, I, I like Gulak and Tony Nese better. Um, they look like big, grown-ass, tough men. You know, where the Bollywood boys look like younger guys, smaller-built guys. Um, you know, I, I, I think that it's okay to hype them, but I don't think they should have won the match. Just my opinion. But they obviously see something in the Bollywood boys, and they want to build them up. Um, I thought there was a live impromptu interview at the end with the losers of the match, Gulak and Nice. I think they wanted a real feel, so they, they put the mic in those guys' faces uh, to get an organic feel. I think I, I don't know this for a fact. I, I, I could find out, but that's not my style, but... I'm just going on how I feel when I watch the programming. I think that seeing how they're doing some of that stuff on 205 Live, it's impromptu, it's organic. They want a real organic feel. It's not something that's written in the script. I might be wrong. Maybe that. Maybe Gulak and Nice knew they were going to get interviewed. Could be. I don't know for a fact. I'm just giving you my opinion. That's called The Taz Show. I don't want to get paid to lose. I want to win. So, you know. I, I like it. If it's organic and it's real and you're putting a mic in the guy's face, I think it works completely. And, and uh, you know, it wasn't like the greatest post-match interview by the guys who lost the match. What do you want them to say? They just lost the match. <laughs> now you're putting a mic in their face. I'm really going to say, all right, well, uh, yeah. I, you know, I mean, it, it's it's a little tough, but that's that could lead to good programming. Getting an organic reaction, and it also makes the talent stay on their toes. So if you're a wrestler and you win or lose a match, you, the pressure's off now. You're done performing. In essence, you're walking to the back. Not so fast, my friend. Now you got to be ready. Oh, crap. They might put a mic in my face. Not that you're scared of the mic, but you got to think on your feet. And I'm telling you right now from experience, when you get done working a match and you're the first match on 205 Live, a show that's been hyped, your adrenaline's flowing. And now when your adrenaline's flowing and then the match ends and you're tired, and you just, you know, <laughs> and now you got a mic in your face. You could say anything. You never know what's going to come out of the guy's mouth. So it, it could lead to good stuff. I, I, I'm not saying I dislike it. I do like it. I like it a lot. I'm just telling you my, uh, you know, if you're walking to the back and you think it's over and then you see this pretty girl with a microphone come out, you're like, uh-oh, I'm not done just yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so, and that's good. That leads to good stuff. I, I think it's fine. Um, you know, but I, I, I did, I did not dislike the Bollywoods versus Nisi Gulak. I liked it. I gave him my perspective on who I thought should have won. I thought the heels should have won the match, but hey, they're building up the Bollywood boys. You know, and I thought they had a good package on these guys telling the story and about their granddad and all that stuff. I thought that was really nice. I thought that was cool, and you could see real emotion out of those kids when they were talking. So I, I thought it was good stuff. I like them. I do. I think they got to get a little bigger. I know it's 205. They got to be under 205 pounds, but they, they got to put a little size on, in my opinion, get a little thicker. Not everybody's going to look like Tony Nese. I, I still need to see him on a scale, I got to be honest. <laughs> Muscle weighs more than fat, but I don't know if Tony Nese is 205. I'm just saying. That boy is put together, and he's a tremendous talent. I, you guys know I'm a fan of Tony. I've been putting him over for a while out here on the Taz Show. So, all right, I'm going to go to break. Uh, other side of break, I'm going to talk. Um, more about 205 Live, get into a couple of the other matches. Uh, definitely want to want, talk about that. Also going to talk some NXT. Uh, going to be on Facebook Live later on in the fourth quarter. Uh, a very busy Taz show, loaded with nothing but content, 
breakdowns. I'm giving you my breakdowns of my perspective on my reacts of my gimmicks. Oh, my God. No one cares. Okay, we'll be right back in the Taz Show. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. All right, all right. Whoa, whoa, boy. Um, yeah, Taz Show. One hour down, one hour to go. Sitting here on this Thursday edition, just went over SmackDown a little while ago in the middle of going over 205 Live, and I'm going to do my damnedest to get to NXT in a little while. If you want to call the show, you can do it at 866-475-2948. That's an 866-475-2948. Yes, the cool stylings of yours truly, Taz, is back today. Even though I'm still not 100% healthy, but I'm healthy enough to be a damn man and get out of here and do real men's work. It's called talking. Right, that's what men do. We talk. Forget about you guys that dig holes and build things in this so-called carpentry business that has no future. Plumbing. Who needs a plumber anyway? Plumbers. That's a dying art. Electricians. No one needs an electrician. All you guys that work with your hands. Fapu. You're on the list. You're on the list. I stole Jericho's list. I wonder if Jericho likes me now. This WWE's my best friend now. Yes. I wonder. Yeah, probably not. I don't even know what I did to him. But he told someone we were friends. We are friends. I like Chris. Respect him. I'm, I think I might have been the first one on this list, though. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen him. I, I wish I would have saw him at the SmackDown gimmick when I was there, but I didn't. Anyway, uh, enough of that. No, I, I'm joking around. I have no problem with anybody. I love everybody in this world. I don't have any interest in wrestling. Sorry. You guys know that. You know how I am. I love everyone. Everybody. So I'm friends with everybody. That's the deal. No. So anyway, uh, 205 Live. So back to that. Uh, yeah, so, you know, in watching uh, this, the, the, the packaging, like I said, was awesome. We saw a, a Noham Daw package. Which was very good. Um, this kid's a unique type guy. The, 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 the 205 Live, thanks to the packaging and the, the, the sleekness of it, has a young, sleek feel. And it, it feels different than Raw, SmackDown, NXT, which is tough to do. But they're making it feel a little different, and I like it. The announced talent had, they had, well, guys were rocking purple fade, purple fade colors in it. And um, we saw a lot of purple everywhere. I think the refs should be wearing purple shirts. To a degree, if you're gonna go all the way with it, go all the way with it. It's a certain feel to it. I kind of like it. I mean, it, 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 it's it's. I'm definitely watching it next week, uh, for sure. Uh, but I like the packaging. I said, Noam Dar, we've had a package. Bollywood Boys, I said earlier, had a package. Uh, Lindsay Dorado had a package. Rich Swan, who's the new champ, but he had a package. You know, it's smart, and I think you'll see uh, n- different guys next week have packaging. You know, and that's how you do it. It's smart to have that team and that monstrous. Machine that WWE has from a TV production standpoint is phenomenal, and they utilize it greatly. Um, so a, a good backstage uh, Brian Kendrick promo, getting ready to defend his title. Then we got to another match, uh, which I want to talk about extensively. Uh, Jack Gallagher, 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 uh, the extraordinary gentleman, and Davari in a match. Now 
I didn't uh, mention that, uh, obviously, on commentary, it was Corey Graves, it was Maho Ronaldo, and it was my man, Austin Aries, a double. That's my man right there. He's the best. So I thought Austin Aries did a good job on commentary. You know, he's not used to doing that. He's a very good talker, obviously. I, he was doing a lot of zinger one-liners, which I think if he keeps doing this until he's healthy, he'll s- slow down a little bit on the one-liner zingers. I think he's just trying to find his comfort zone. He is a witty guy, a sarcastic guy. I, I know him. I consider him a friend. He's been on my show. And I know him from TNA for a long time. Spent a good amount of time with the dude. And, um, you know... Uh, um, he, he is a witty, witty guy. I just, I, I think that many one-liners is probably not who he is. I think he's just trying to find his groove. I think with commentary, you got to give a guy a couple of weeks. I did that with Daniel Bryan. It didn't end up well, in my opinion. Um, yes. But but I ended up going, being very hard on Daniel Bryan uh, in his commentary work. Not because of his effort, just because of the overselling Jones. But, um, but yeah, it was uh, it was definitely overselling Jones. Yeah, but but I think that uh, Austin Aries will find his groove here a little bit. He's got a, he sounds his voice sounds different than Corey and Morrow, which helps. That tone is very important when you're not seeing the guys. You want to hear. Uh, there's a difference. I want to s- know who's talking without looking at them, and that's what commentary happens with commentary. It's almost like radio. You you you're heard, not seen. You know. But uh, Jack Gallagher, I'll just call him Gallagher for hits and giggles because I, I think he there's something silent. It's Gallagher, right? Is it Gallagher? Yes, thank you. I got a thumbs up. Uh, I got a thumbs up right there from uh, from Rob. Yeah, Gal. I guess I could say Gallagher. I guess I'll go out on a limb and work hard and say Gallagher instead of being a wise ass and say Gallagher. <laughs> what is he smashing watermelons? <laughs> Come on, I'm showing my age here. <laughs> anyway, the comedian. But... Uh, uh, so listen, here's the thing. Look, okay, this Gallagher, ultra-talented guy. Okay, ain't no doubt about that. Ultra-talented. Okay, really. I've seen him work enough. You guys have seen him on the, on the Cruiserweight Classic. Slick, in-ring guy for sure. Guy knows a plethora, a plethora of submissions and chokes and joint locks for sure. Totally, no doubt about it. But I got to tell you. Gets the point a little bit where he starts to make his opponent look stupid. And we've seen him tie guys in knots literally and leave them there. And it's funny. Everybody laughs. But you got to be careful with this. Because you get to that next level, I, I don't think you're going to get guys that are going to do this with you. When you get to that next level talent with high-level stars, they're not going to be into that. They're going to look at you like, come on, dude. You, you serious here? What are you nuts? I mean, like, it's... <laughs> I, I, I've... I've seen guys go over matches, and I've been in these conversations over my career. And you'll get guys that'll be like, you're not tying me in or not and leave me there with my ass in the air, okay, looking like a jabron, where I can't get off the mat because my hands are between my knees, and I'm looking like I'm doing the downward dog in the yoga. I think that's what they call it. Upward dog? Is it down? Anybody know yoga? Handsome Johnny should know. I think it's downward dog. So anyway, um... You know, you just got to be careful with, with tying guys in knots and leaving them there and, and doing holds. And while well, you got holds on guys, now ah, you're fixing your mustache, you're fixing your hair. And, you know, that stuff's cute and it's funny. It's entertaining. I know that's his character. I get the character. Um, but I can tell you from experience, sometimes when you get to that highest level, your character is forced to change. 
even if you don't want it to, and you don't see what the problem is. Um, I, I, I think that could be a problem for him. Maybe. I, and, I, and I like Gallagher. I think he's very talented. I respect his work. I do. But I think that stuff, you know, I know he's trying. He's being different. He looks different. He's got that very, you know, pale skin. And um, he's got a throwback look and, and, and all that stuff. It's kind of like, uh, you know, very, very uh, vaude villains like we see. You know, that kind of feel to it almost, you know. Uh, but you got to be careful in disrespecting and I know he these guys are cool with it that he's working with so I'm not taking a shot at Gallagher I'm not it comes off as disrespectful when you're fixing your hair or your mustache when you got me in a hold if if that like again I was a little bit of a different attitude character if you did that to me I, like that's a problem <laughs> so I'm just saying like I'm going to get a little nuts you know and and um you got to be careful of that that's all I'm saying you got to be careful. I, I I don't know if Vince would approve of it. I don't know like if he's in there with Randy Orton, if that's going to happen. I don't know if Randy's going to approve of it. I'm just using Randy as an example. A guy who's a true veteran and a, and a multi-time champion. I don't know if a guy like John Cena. I don't know if guys like that would go for that. I don't. I, don't, I just don't. I don't know. I don't know if Vince would go for it. I don't know. if I, Maybe he would. Maybe he's changing. I don't know. Obviously, I know Vince McMahon. But who knows? You know, I don't really know. Things are changing. Give you my perspective as a wrestler. Fan of Gallagher, of his work, that part of his work, not so much. Really. I mean, he ties the guy in a knot and then waits, leaves him there. Everyone's laughing at the guy. And then he stands in the corner, runs, and kicks the guy in the ass. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, uh, the old school wrestling is like, bro, are you out of your mind, bro? <laughs> Dude, that is like, <laughs> my generation... You're getting double-legged, and we're shooting. So I'm just telling you, you have no idea how this goes. Like, But things are changing, I guess. Things are changing. I mean, uh, you know, maybe my generation took it too serious. I don't know. I know it's entertaining. I know a lot of you guys might be thinking, ah, you're crazy. That stuff's great. Ah. Look, there's a place for it. He did it. He did it in Cruiserweight Classic, and they're letting him still do that stuff. And I guess it works. Maybe I'm an old fart. Could be. I could just be an old fart. That's definitely a chance. <laughs> Definitely a possibility of that. No doubt. I could definitely be an old fuck. Hey, uh, we got there. John Jay in Ohio. You are on the Taz show. Hey, hello, Taz. How are you, champ? What's going on? Uh, first time, long time. Oh, boy. You kidding? Ah! <laughs> bag. All right, buddy. What's going on, guy? Um, I had a quick question about the uh, Becky Lynch promo she uh, said on SmackDown the other day. Yes, sir. Um, so she was backstage with, um, I think Renee Young was interviewing her. Yes. And I just wanted to get your take on, uh, she actually came out and called uh, Alexa Bliss the B word. I didn't know if that was actually, like, scripted or if they let her say that. Like, no, I think, I, I think it was, for lack of a better term, script, uh, scripted. I think they did let us say it uh, just to be more edgy and to get that reaction out of fans and some like yourself. or Even I was a little taken aback when she said, like, oh, wow, look at that. You know, I, I do think it was – I don't think she shot on it. I don't think they would, she would do that, and I don't think they would let her do that. You know what I mean? Okay. I just I was just really uh, curious because, like, after she said it, like, the whole crowd, you could, like, hear it in the arena. They were all like, oh, wow. Like, they actually let her <laughs> say that? 
That's cool, though, right? That's what you want. You yeah. want that, right? If you're doing a TV show or whatever, you want the audience, the live audience, and us at home to be like, oh, snap, she just went, wow, she just said that? You know, because they don't know what it is. You know what it is? Uh, John Tay, I called you John Jay. What's your name? John Tay or John Jay? John Tay. Oh, John Tay. Okay. Sorry, I messed up initially. I apologize. But yeah, you want that. You know what I mean, dude? You want to get that shock and awe. Maybe that's an exaggeration. That that feeling like, oh, wow, I can't believe they did that. But if you let people cuss and curse all the time on the show, like in ECW, if she would have said that about it, like no one would have cared because you, right. you heard a lot worse words all the time. You know what I mean? So Yeah, I think it's better if they like sprinkle it in like that instead of like an ECW where it's just like every promo. I know. It, you know what I, I mean? know. I was guilty of it myself. I know. And, and <laughs> I was. And you're right. You're right. I agree with the sprinkled uh, gimmick too, dude, for sure. As I get older and more wiser, I agree with that. But thank you, John Tay. I appreciate you calling, buddy. Uh, thanks for your input on that. But uh, but back to Gallagher and Davari. Look, this Davari is a very, very good talent. Uh, like his brother. brother. His brother is a tremendous worker also. Good dude. Knew him. Don't know this Davari. Um, I think there's something in Davari. I like that Austin Aries talked about how long he knows both Davaris. And broke in with him and all that stuff. I like that. That made it. That's what Austin Aries can and should bring until he's healthy. Because once my man is in the ring, you know, Austin Aries, listen, here's my take on Austin Aries, okay? Um, I don't think he should have just been sitting at the announce desk. Okay, let me back up Jones. Remember I said before about the Bollywood boys, maybe start off with T.J. Perkins instead of starting off with, with him, with, with, uh, with them, with the Bollywood boys. I, now I'm retracting that. How about that? Now I'm thinking on the fly booking Jones here. Have Austin Aries come out to start the show. Show all the talent lined up like he did. Not Austin Aries. Show all the talent lined up. Then do a music and entrance of Austin Aries before anything happens. I'm, I'm sorry, after that happens, the stage gimmick. Have Austin come out, cut a promo on his way to the announce desk with a mic in hand and ex- introduce himself. And he doesn't need to introduce him, but he's the uh, greatest man who ever lived. Or whatever his gimmick is, he says all that. I'm going to take I, whatever whatever he would say. What, basically what he said at the announce desk in promo form, when he's healthy, whatever, I'm taking this thing by storm, or whatever he would say. And then have him go right to the announce desk and sit down. I'm going to make this announce desk much better now and more greater, or whatever he would say. Instead of just having him sitting there, I think, in my opinion, would have been better to start that show with this big blockbuster deal. Here's Austin Aries. He's the man. Okay, he's hurt right now, but he is the man. And check it out. You know, he, he's going to be doing commentary now. And then... You do a Bollywood boy package and then come out with the Bollywood boys and all that stuff. Again, just armchair booking city right here. I'm just giving you my perspective on it. You know what I mean? I think that could have flowed a little better. I just felt like even though it's not on TV and it's on the WWE Network and you're subscribing to the network, start out with some big-time star power with a TJ Perkins or an Austin Aries type. You know what I mean? Those type guys who the audience uh, knows, the, the mass audience and then we learned throughout the show about the Bollywood Boys. That's just my take on it. Again, not a shot at, um, <laughs> not a shot. Top job of Jones at uh, YRC21 tweeted a picture of uh, the Gallagher smashing the watermelon. It's pretty, he says, bring on the cruiserweight. It's pretty, very funny, very funny. Good one, good one, good one. I haven't got a chance to look at the, uh, the Twitter that much right here. But I'm looking at it now. So, uh, so yeah, I, I, like I said, I, I, back to Gallagher. Um, I just think he's got it all. He's got the whole thing. I just think, and I, I, I know that that's I, there's got to be a way to do that sarcastic, wise ass, fixing his hair, fix his mustache stuff while he's doing holds, but tweak it a little bit 
to show that arrogance of him that people like in him. I just don't think it should be done while he has someone in a hold. That, I just keep going back to it because it bothers me. I, I again, I again, I'm, I'm trying to think a little younger, but it's hard when you when you've been in the you know ring for many years like myself. I think a certain way um, about how wrestlers think on the other end. When I was suplexing guys in their head, I would be like, I would think about, you know, it sucks, and I would tell guys before a match, look, you you know. Lay it in, hit me, don't you know, don't worry, let's bring it. Because, you know, if I'm going to suplex you, you're going to feel it. And I want us to be cool here. You know, I don't want to feel like I'm being a dick to you and not, you know, and you're not getting a receipt on me in essence, you know. Um, but anyway, so, so then we get into the main event, which is Rich Swan and, uh, and uh, you know, the Brian Kendrick for the Cruiserweight Championship. And, you know, it, it was, uh, I thought it was a really, uh, really, really good match. It had some time to it. It worked for sure. Um, you guys know how I feel about Rich Swan. I think he's a special talent. He's awesome. But I do think that the dancing and the happy-go-lucky thing could turn him heel. We didn't see him turn heel here. He was straight babyface Jones. But you got more in-depth about his real-life story, his sad story of his parents not having parents and, and growing up the way he grew up. And that's it from Baltimore. And, and growing up hard like that without, you know, parental guidance, in essence, you know, from that regard, for, from his mom and dad and all so that, that's sad and it's a real story and 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 i think that's that's good that rich swan is open to let the audience know that and wwe can get it out there like that so you know you you a lot of people coming up the pike to making this business go through hardships it's tough that guy had a tough story that guy's got had a tough life there so you know uh, i'm happy for him congratulations to him he's very talented um you know, uh, I I think that uh, I think at the end of the match, if you fast forward, you you hear the emotion in Swan, uh, and and he and he thanked the WWE and stuff like that, and all the fans and 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 uh, his mom who's 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 passed. You know, so I mean, it's it's it was it's very emotional, and 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 I think it's uh, I I think it, it helps galvanize who Rich Swan is, that he is having a good time, and I, I that, as an announcer, that's the story I would tell not every time. When he comes out, I would tell the story of, look at Rich Swan. He is not just a consummate pro wrestler and champion, not just an awesome athlete, but he's the awesome entertainer through all his hardships and 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 the, the sadness that he grew up with in his life, and and he still comes out here and entertains and wants to have a good time, and and lets you escape reality. And that's how I would sell Rich Swan, if I was still a color commentator with the WWE. I would sell him as that type of guy. Now he's not a yucky, yucky baby face. Like, okay, so don't don't jam the guy down my throat. Okay, I got it. He's dancing. He's happy. Uh, now you're telling me a real life thing. You're connecting his real life story, which was shown to us uh, on the WWE Network. Now you're connecting that to who he is as a performer, and you're not just he's not just some guy coming out dancing. Now you're connecting that to why. He wants us all to escape reality here. While he comes out and has a, entertains us and has a good time, he's a consummate pro, consummate entertainer, consummate champion. And he's escaping his own realities when he walks through that curtain. And that's a story. In my humble opinion, that's how, from an announcer standpoint, you get somebody over. That's the stuff that you want to do. And I don't, I don't, I don't know if they're doing a lot of that right now. 
my opinion. I think that some of their announcers need to think outside the box and think that way. That's my humble opinion. So, you know, just saying, like, I, I just think that's a good way to get people to connect to Swan even better. Right now, people are connected to Rich Swan because, well, before, I should say right now, uh, before 205 Live, before we really got into the depth of his story, and I think he's told the story before on the Cruiserweight Classic. I think he has, but they really didn't pound it home to us. But we've been connected to Rich Swan, I think, as a whole, because he's such a good athlete and he does such amazing stuff in the ring. That's been, he's so exciting to watch. You know, that's kind of like what I think the connectivity for us as the audience has been with him as a performer. Now, I think that you need to take, uh, because if we're going to explain his real life and what happened and his hardships, you know, which a lot of people can relate to, you know, I think you connect that to who he is as a performer and that he is trying to get us to escape our real life, you know, whatever issues, and he's also escaping his own. You know, that, that, that's something that you could, you get, you're in here, you're, you're hearing me, Rob, and you get what I'm saying here? Yeah, I do, and uh, I think uh, towards the middle and end of that match, the audience, the, the crowd was really into it. I mean, you heard the chants for Swan. Um, and uh, I thought there was a huge, huge uh, uh, cheer when he won. The, you had the "you deserve a chance" yeah. and everything like that. So I thought the crowd really was into it in the end. Uh, I think what you said about Swan and how they built him up was uh, uh, was spot on. Yeah, man. I think I do think that Brian Kendrick needs a plethora of uh, praise because the physical story that Swan and Kendrick told was excellent, mm. and the heat and the way Kendrick put out his heat is what builds the live audience to get behind the babyface during the match. And Kendrick uh, is a true pro, a pro's pro, and knows uh, you know how, how to pull out that out of a babyface and get that heat. He you know. took three super kicks, and then finally Swan got the pin. Right. Well, And it, it, they weren't super kicks. I think they were back, back heel oh, kicks. Oh, oh uh, spinning heel kicks, yeah, yeah. not so, super kicks. So, yep. so the thing is, like, I, I think you, you – and that type of finish – uh, is a strong style Japanese style finish. What we've seen to those that follow, you know, wrestling in the land of the rising sun, you'll see a lot of finishes like that where cats will hit their 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 striking finish or suplex or whatever, not once, not twice, but three times, and then capture the victory. I mean, it it uh, without false finishes in there, just boom, 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 and crescendo, crescendo, but 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 boom, ding, you get it. That's important. You know, that's, that's a different type of storytelling and the type of finishes you could do. So that had a Japanese feel to it. Um, I do think that the Brian Kendrick, um, his run with the Cruiserweight title was awesome. And I think that there's only enough, there's only great stuff for him in this Cruiserweight division uh, with this 205 Live. I, I definitely, title or not, have him as a, a forefront guy because he's credible, Kendrick. He can talk. He's got the look. He obviously can work his ass off. Um, he's he's got the legacy. Uh, he's he's a comeback story in itself. Uh, you know what I mean? Like he 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 struggled uh, once he got released and all. He told that story, and then he came back and, and he's been kicking ass. So I would put the rocket on him even more, even though he's not the champ. Meaning Kendrick, I would keep pushing the piss out of him. Uh, in my viewpoint, you know, because I, I believe in Brian Kendrick for sure. I think Rich Swan, as long as they they are consistent with their storytelling. And they got to just, he's so charismatic, Swan. You got to be careful. You don't go too far with him, the way he comes out and the dancing, and that doesn't get to a point where it's like, 
people are like, oh, enough. You know, I just think you got to really sprinkle that the right way and tell his real life story without making people feel like, okay, you're using this a little too much here. I think there's a way to do that. I kind of explained it uh, from my perspective. But, you know, for the most part, I enjoyed 205 Live. I think it looks different. It feels different. I still think that it should be, the, the Cruiserweight should be part of SmackDown to, you know, carry the storylines over to, um, you know, to, uh, to 205 Live as opposed to doing it on Raw. I mean, I don't think it's the end of the world, uh, you know what I mean? Uh, I, I don't, but, but they're still going to carry storylines over. I just think it's a little bit, uh, a little bit easier to, to, to tell your stories and, and, and segue people to uh, 205 Live right after SmackDown, especially with Mauro Ronaldo uh, doing the commentary, you know, um, on SmackDown, which could segue right to it, you know. And I still think that should be a, a different person doing that. No knock on Mauro or someone else should do SmackDown. I just think... They should. I mean, that's just my opinion. I thought Mauro did a great job. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he didn't do a good job. He did. I just think they should have went a different way with it. But but it's all good. I, I actually like to commentate with those three guys. I think I think that Austin Aries is going to get better. All right. I got to go to break. Uh, going to go to break. Going to go to break. Outside break, we're going to have the uh, Facebook.com slash the Taz Show. We'll be on Facebook live. Also going to talk some NXT right here on the Taz Show, on the side of break. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. All right, here we go. Fourth quarter. Fourth quarter Taz Show. Fourth quarter city right now. We're on a Facebook Live. False Alarm Jones. Uh, Yeah, last night. Tweets put out. Facebook comments. Yeah, no more Facebook. We on a new gimmick on TazShow.com. Oh, yeah. Chat for two hours straight on TazShow.com. All this stuff. Yeah, it'll be great. Don't worry about it. Yeah, you can just say bye-bye. Just say goodbye to Facebook Live. And then all of a sudden, I get some notification this morning when I walk in the office. And then I'm told something. And it's like, oh, I see. Now I got to tell the audience, uh, sorry, I thought that this was not, I thought, well, false alarm, I thought that, ah, that's the problem. So yeah, not yet, tomorrow, tomorrow or Monday, I was asking. So yeah, we don't really know. It's not today. So again, just so you guys understand what's going to happen. Just the Facebook people. I know you guys are used to your free lunch. Facebook Live. Gotta watch Tash on the Facebook Live. Yeah, he's awesome. Give him a thumbs up and put me over. Yeah. Okay. Well, on the new gimmick, what's gonna happen is. Are we even on Facebook Live right now? I'm looking talking about. I'm looking, I don't even see the show. Is it on here? Can I get confirmation from somebody. I got it. I'm on. Yep, yes. we're on. Yep, yes. we're on. Yep, 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 yep. Yep, yep. yep. Oh yeah. Yep. What? Yep. Up Jones. Anyway, join the club. Except I don't get paid to do this. That's a whole nother story. I digress. Will you stop? But anyway, apparently you don't either. But that's a whole nother story. <laughs> what the, what the hell? <laughs> Come on, Tash. That's shut up. Inside baseball. Oh, jeez. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
So anyway, uh, yeah, we're live here on the Facebook gimmick. I see everybody giving it thumbs up. Oh, Taz is back. He's the man. Yeah. So so listen, 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 listen. So the way this thing's going to work, so let's just say it's tomorrow. If you can work on getting confirmation, Rob, on tomorrow. Um, well, Brian got okay. my ear and uh, said. That's me telling you that means I don't want to hear you. But now you have info, so I have to hear you. Go ahead. Uh, Brian said we should be, should be ready to go tomorrow. Video Brian, Qualifier Jones. Oh, yes. So I, I can't play. It's not his fault, though. It's it's not his fault. It's definitely not his fault. He's actually the only one competent involved with this show, including me. So Brian should actually be doing the show. It should be the Brian, the Video Brian show. Not me. He's smarter than me. Someone just told me to shut up on Facebook Live. Where is this guy? Gigo Schmidt. He said, shut, period, up. Why, why are you on here if you want to tell me to shut up, sir? Why would you tell me to shut up, Guego? How do you say that name? Oh, how do you spell G-U-E-G-O. it? G-U-E-G-O. Guego? Yeah, he's telling me shut, period, up. He didn't spell out period. He just put like a dot. Oh, Punctuation Jones. Oh, he might be talking about you. Because then someone, Chris Winchurch said, shh. No, not him. Chris, yeah, Chris Winchurch said, shut up, Robbie. <laughs> Oh, I see. So Griego wasn't talking to me. Oh, I love Griego. He's my new friend. Mm. He's talking about you. Like the WWE. <sighs> yes. Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, um, th- this is the thing. This new gimmick that's going to come out tomorrow, you're going to go to TazShow.com, and you could go on there at 7 a.m. Eastern, 7.15 Eastern, 7.30, 8 a.m., whatever, not just 8.30. And what you could do is put... <laughs> People hate you, bro. Uh, Patrick Gutierrez said he needs to shut up Jones. He's not even used the word Jones in the right vernacular, but it was funny. So you could go on TazShow.com, basically, and you can be able to interact like this, like these nice comments you people put out there. Um, You could communicate with each other, and everything you do on Facebook Live, you can do at TazShow.com, and it's going to be the only place you can do it. You're not going to be able to do it at, at Facebook Live anymore. So this could be Last Day Jones for the Facebook Live. Yes. So um, that that's kind of what the, the dealio is here. This is awesome. That was loud. I think I know how my ear got unclogged that was stuffed from my sinus infection. It's from the mixing. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, so I got to get into some NXT stuff. Uh, I got to do that for sure. I know I got, I got to, I got to, I got to ask something here on the, the phone calls. I got my man. Uh, who we got? Joe in Bay Ridge, uh, Brooklyn. How are you on the Taz show? What's up there? Oh, hey Taz. Uh, good moment. Oh, good moment, you Joe. And the Viking. How are you, sir? Good moment. We're doing well. Also, uh, I'm sorry to do this. Uh, first time, long time. Oh come on! Are you kidding? What? The yam bagger. What's going on there, so guy? Sorry, sir. Sorry. I just had a question. I was recently watching this past episode of NXT, and I was curious about when they cut to the replays. Um, like, as a commentary, I don't, obviously you can't give away the playbook, but I was curious, um, how do, uh, when you did commentary, how did you know when to cut to the replay without taking away from the action in the ring? That's a great question, and, and it's not taking away too much. I'll let you know that's done, Joe. Uh, it's the producer of the show uh, in your ear and your headset. Uh, he'll say, uh, you know, replay coming in five, four, three, and then there's no two one. You know the two one's coming usually, and that's how. So no matter what your thought is, you'll hear that come in 
uh, usually around five seconds, that there's a replay coming. It might say, uh, you know, it could be something. Let's just give you an example. Uh, you know, replay of, uh, you know, Jose's dropkick, you know, no Jose. It could be that. And then you have five seconds quickly in your brain to transition and, and make that. That's how it's done. Sweet. Yeah, it's not easy. <laughs> so thank you, Joe, for calling. Uh, yeah, uh, that's how it's done. So it's that's the job of uh, the man who runs the truck. In the WWE's case, it's Kevin Dunn, who, uh, when he produces, announces, uh, not just because he was my boss and I learned a lot from him, he was great at it because he didn't talk to you too much. He just gave you what you needed throughout the two- or three-hour broadcast, you know, and it was just he would just direct you not a lot either, just on stuff, production elements, which was, you know, it was very cool. It, it made my job a lot easier. <clears throat> so you just have to be quick-willed enough, and your mind needs to shift gears fast. You use, Like I said, usually it's a five-second count. Usually, sometimes eight. It depends on what they're doing in the truck. But you don't have a lot of time, and you got to transition out of what you talk about to a replay. Now, there's once you get into a groove and you're doing it long enough, you can kind of lead to replays. I did this in TNA a lot. Where um, I would say, uh, you know, uh, I could say a sentence like, uh, yeah, no, if we get a chance, I'd love to see a, a replay of that. Uh, I want to break down that whatever, that power bomb by Samoa Joe, something like that, you know. And then I'd get in, in someone in my headset, Keith Mitchell, who ran the truck for them, would say, uh, hey, guys, got that replay on the power bomb at three, two, one, and that's how it was done. It's done that quick. I mean, so it's like you can't explain how TV's done until you're really doing it. And announcers know. I mean, because you're you're the you're the conduit, you're the bridge from the the company slash the TV truck <laughs> uh, and the audience. That's the that's what the TV announcer, play by play or color commentator, truly is. You are the bridge from you know the 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 creative of of the company along with the TV truck to the audience. That's a big deal. And you have to come off as a fan, but yet give your insight and give your expertise, but yet be that bridge and get, bridge that gap, you know? So uh, I used to love that part of it. I found it a challenge. I would, you know, because you can't say, like, you know, except the ending of the match, they can't tell you, oh, you know what, uh, we know that, um, we know Oscar's going to do a, a German suplex um, in the first two minutes of the match. So we're going to replay that. Okay, so be ready for that. that, that that's not how this works. Because <laughs> you don't know, you know how good that German suplex is going to be. Now, there might be something in the sheet that says, hey, we're going to replay the finish of the match. That's easy. But during the match, those replays, like, you know, in TNA, it was harder, believe it or not. Especially on uh, pay-per-views. We wouldn't do replays during the matches. They would do what they call a replay package at the end of the match, which absolutely sucks. <laughs> that was the hardest crap to do. I hated it because you it was like you just called a 20-minute bomb burner of a great match, you know, uh, and, and now you got to call a replay package that's like a minute and a half long. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's a bitch. And it's, it's everything encompassed. That's just the way they were trying to do things differently. It was hard. I'm not saying it sucked because it wasn't good TV. I'm saying it sucked because it was hard. <laughs> I'd rather just be impromptu, told, there's a replay coming up of whatever. You're, uh, this is the, the example of a bad producer in a truck, which I fortunately have never dealt with. Um, 
uh, replay coming in uh, five, four, and it's like, okay, replay what? What? What replay of what? A replay of what? What's the replay? <laughs> There's a whole match going on. So the good producer will tell you replay of Oscar's German in three, two, one, that type of thing. You know what I mean? So you can lead to the audience. Uh, so that's kind of how it's done. Uh, the bad producer, I guess, would tell you nothing. I've got a replay. Okay, of what? Uh, nah, nah, nah. And there's no, it's, it's a one-way street. Uh, the way WWE's announce desk is set up, you can't talk back. There's no what they call talk back button. There's no talk back button to the truck because there's so much going on. There's so much equipment there. They don't have that. Um, at times in TNA, I had a talk back button. It was a different setup, uh, you know, structure-wise, electronically or whatever you call it, technically. Uh, but with WWE, there's no talk back. So, you know, you're not calling for replays. You're not doing like in sports, okay, like uh, ESPN or CBS Sports or NBC, whatever. When you're watching a football game or a baseball game or something like that or a basketball game, the color commentator has access to a talk back button where he says, hey, uh, Joe Director, can you get me a replay of, you know, uh, whatever, you know, Aaron Boone uh, striking out. How's that, Aaron Boone, right? No, I just thought of Aaron Boone. And the Viking laughs. Yeah, I just... Why, Viking, I, I know, I just... I don't know why I thought of Aaron Boone. Why? That was great. Aaron Boone. That was... That was something special. Slamming bods and beyond. It's unbelievable. Yeah, so uh, anyway... Yeah, yeah. It's called an IFB, by the way, the uh, what you oh, talk God, to the truck. Go. Yeah, that's the inside radio term uh, there. Yeah, I know, I know. I know what an IFB... It's, it's not always an IFB. An IFB is in your ear, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, so that's... Yeah, you know, I'm trying. I'm not. I don't. You know. You don't. You want everyone to know how smart you are now. They, no. They don't believe that anyway. That's fine. I don't mean that in a bad way. Gotta come in. Right? Two cents, Jones. That's your new name. Oh yeah. It's more than I've been paid. <laughs> Jeez, come on. Will you stop? Oh, no, Rob. So, listen. I have nothing to do with any of that stuff. Okay, you understand me? Nothing. Nothing. J.M. Meglagorito says, no bathroom break on commentary? No! Come on now, buddy. What are you kidding me? What do you mean no? You're grown men. you got to put a pipe. You put one of those hoses, like a catheter, inside your thigh. They cut a hole, and they put a hose. And you just urinate in there, and right down your sock tube into your foot Dynaflow, and you're good. Into a bucket, like a coffee can. That's how it's done. So... Oh, uh, oh, you know, no, no bathroom break. Are you kidding me? Look at Ignacio Vasquez. Taz is the smartest guy in the world. God, I love him. Yes. Love guys like that. Fanboy Jones. Love that. It's perfect. The smartest guy in the world. That should be my new gimmick, actually. Nah, can't pull it off. Uh, so now let me tell you a little bit about NXT. So they were, I loved it. I loved the look in a sense. They were in Ottawa. They were in a big building. Okay, we've seen this a few times with NXT. Obviously, definitely the takeovers we've seen it. But they obviously taped TV there, and and the Ottawa crowd was really good. I I loved it. I loved I loved the feel of it. I didn't think I'd like uh, like the regular TV show of NXT in the bigger building. We've seen this a couple times. I like it. I actually like it. Um, I don't dislike when they're at full sale, you know, because the chants get a little crazy and the people are kind of entitled and it's annoying. But but that's their home, and I dig it. I, my history came up in a small building like the ECW Arena, so I get it. But I like the feel of the show, the look of the show, um, all of that. Um, and starting off with Oscar was good, and a good physical matchup that she won. Wasn't long. Uh, they went to a pre-tape, though, uh, which I liked with Ty Dillinger interrupting you know, Samoa Joe. 
while he's getting interviewed, and then Ty Jones just sucker slapped, uh, you know, Joe and made him go crazy, which is just a good way to get into a match later on. So uh, it's a simple little booking thing to create instant heat right there. I thought that worked. I thought it was fun. I thought it was cool. Uh, then we got into a match where I, 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 I really enjoyed this match. It was Eric Young, EY, my man uh, from Sanity, the leader of Sanity against No Way Jose. And uh, I thought these two guys had a really, really good match. I mean, I, I liked it. They had some chemistry there with these two cats for sure. Um, I think they protected Jose in a good way with the distraction of uh, Sanity on the apron and all that stuff. And then EY gets the win. But EY looked great. You know, we haven't seen him wrestle in quite some time. I think we saw him last week, I think. I missed it last week. I think it was last week. He leaned up a little bit. He lost some weight. Got a little leaner. Hardened up his body a little more. He always had a good physique. Always a thick, muscular guy. But he looked like he cut some weight in a good way. He looked. He looks good, man. He he, he looks the part, the character, the Sanley thing. I, I like that whole group when they come out. The feel. I like the Nikki Cross chick. She's crazy. She's wild. And she pulls it off. She's just really the announcers. Corey Graves and... Um, uh, gimmick, uh, what's his name? Drawing a blank, Jones. Oh, Corey Graves and uh, Tory Patrick. What's his name? Not Tory. Uh, Tom Phillips. <laughs> yeah, that. So, uh, can you please GTS Tory Patrick? Who is? Th- is there a Tory Patrick in anything in life? Hold on. Oh, blasting loud, Jones. Mixed level city. Um, a hockey player, maybe. <laughs> I'm seeing hockey pictures. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm very proud of you. Well, I don't see any Tori Patrick. Sorry. Okay. <sighs> Tori Spelling, maybe. I know her. She was on the. She was the blonde girl on the TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, what's his name? Tom Phillips. Yeah. So Tom Phillips did a good job along with, uh, you know, my man Corey Graves, my new best friend, and I thought they did a great job in selling Nikki Cross. As a maniac, sanity, the whole thing. I liked the whole thing. I did. This is what I didn't like. Okay? I, I liked the Eric Young one. He needed to win. They protected Jose in a way, not to hurt Jose, because you don't want to hurt him. He's got big potential. No way, Jose. The guy, is the music, the dance, and the whole thing. I like him. I like him. I like him. And they protected him, and it's good. And they gave you a victory uh, by someone. But what I didn't like. Simple. I did not like Nikki Cross running down from the ramp after the match where Sandy was all in a gimmick. She went crazy. That's in her character. And she runs up, uh, runs down the ramp, gets up, does a missile drop kick to Jose, and then gets out of the ring. I did not like that. <laughs> I don't think you need to do that to Jose. I think you're trying to develop Nikki Cross. It's a very simple thing. I'm watching it, and I'm like, okay, why not have her do everything she did, exactly what she did, Except hip the dropkick. Have Jose step out of the way while he's selling. And he wants to grab her and do something. But he does it because she's a girl. And have the sanity catch grab her and get her out of the ring right away. From, from her feet, from her boots. And under the bottom rope. There's no reason for her to hit the dropkick. In my opinion. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just telling you how I felt about it. I think there's, you can still get her character over as a maniac. Without her hitting that kick. This guy's a big, huge guy who just got screwed in a victory. And now he's a baby face that people like. And now you have some girl who's five feet tall. Drop kick him knock him off his feet. I know it was a missile drop kick. I, I'd have her, if, if it's too big of a bump for her to miss and land on her back with a missile drop kick, then have her do something off else the ropes that she can miss and protect her body 
and not hit him with, where he don't touch her, he just gets out of the way to protect him, character, protect her, character, and then the heel Sandy guys grab her by her boots, whoop, yank her out of the ring, and we're good. That's how I would have done it. The kick meant nothing. All the kick did was hurt Jose in an essence, in, in essence, his character. You, you just beat him, you protected him in the beat, you don't need him getting knocked off his feet for a missile dropkick while he's selling. I know he was selling. Nitpicking Jones. Okay, maybe I am. Taz, you're a nitpicker. Yep. That's the Taz show. Yes. So, you know, I'm just telling you how I see it. I, I Protect the guys the right way. That's all you got to do. That's all I'm saying. I think they like Jose, the company. They're, they're obviously doing stuff with him. You know? I mean, I, I do. I mean, but but I just think the little things like that are important. Just don't B-roll it. Don't show me next week. When I'm watching NXT, I don't want to see her do it again. Don't remind me that she did this. Don't. Don't. Don't remind me she did this. Don't. <laughs> and I think they're going to. I hope not, but I think they're going to. I'm worried about it, but we'll see. Uh, I'm not losing sleep over it, but I am worried about it. I'd say. So then we saw Samoa Joe versus Ty Dillinger. Yo, this was a match here. Okay, this was tight, as we call it. This is physical, tight, tight, tight. I really enjoyed the match. I'm really loving Joe's work lately, big time. Ty Dillinger, I've always liked him, as of late, I should say. Not always, but as of late. Um, it, 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 seeing those guys go slap for slap a little bit was good. It felt right. These guys worked stiff with each other. Nice transitions by Joe from the suplexes to the submission holds and stuff like that. I like the finish. I like that that Joe choked out Ty Dillinger instead of Ty tapping out. There is a big difference there. Trust me as a guy who had a finish like this many years ago. So a lot of guys don't want to tap out during my year anyway it was like it was like pulling teeth with certain guys not for me from from Heyman so I didn't get in the middle of that crap but uh that wasn't my job to tell you who won or lost but anyway I, I think that protecting him meaning Ty Dillinger with a um with a choke out is better than having him tap out and it helps Joe because of you know the type of heel he is I, I just I think this I, I said this during the takeover show and from Toronto when Bar- uh, Barry, when Bobby Roode uh, wrestled Ty Dillinger in that epic match, and I said, you know, we're watching this guy Dillinger become a made guy, and he is. He's a made guy now, and it doesn't hurt him that he lost to the champion because the way he lost, and he had a super ultra-competitive match with him. I got a lot of people on the Facebook Live going 10-10-10. Yes, I know, I know, 10-10-10. So, so I, I, you know, I thought, I thought I, look, I really, really uh, – I really enjoyed the match, and I enjoyed the show. I liked NXT a lot. I did. I mean, but I'm an NXT fan. I've always liked it. You know, my only thing that I would have tweaked is, is that thing I told you about with, with Nikki Cross and um, No Way Jose at the end of the gimmick. That's the only thing I would change. You know, otherwise, I wouldn't change thing on the damn thing. I thought it was cool. So, uh, so that's my deal on that. So I think I covered just about every wrestling show there is in the past 48 hours. Um, <laughs> so Eddie Moskowitz on the Facebook Live says, uh, says uh, where is he? He says, uh, Bobby Roode uh, is glorious. Yes. Yes, glorious Bobby Roode is. Uh, it's so awesome for me to watch guys like Bobby Roode or, or, or Samoa Joe 
now Eric Young, and we'll see all scenarios once he's healthy. Seeing these guys reinvent their career after all the years of success these guys have had and the money they made and the popularity they built and the fan base, now to see them like second-gear Jones, like another level, it's so awesome. It really is. I think you got to, you know, you got to give a lot of credit to Vince McMahon. You got to. to, to, to get, taking, a, taking guys that have been built. Obviously, I know Vince McMahon. And taking them and putting them in this position and giving them a chance to go even higher. And, and guys like Triple H, who brought them into NXT and stuff like that. You got to give credit there. No doubt about it. And, of course, the WWE is my new best friend. So I, I would never talk bad about them. You know that. I love them. They love me. So uh, so that's it. I think I'm wrapping the show up here. I mean, I could end it right on the dot, but uh, I'm just uh, want to do a long goodbye. So it'll be uh, tomorrow, okay, tomorrow, the Taz Show uh, for Facebook Live people. Like I said, keep an eye on the Facebook gimmick here and on, um, what do you call it, on the Twitter. And we'll let you know if you're going to do the new gimmick or we'll come back to Facebook Live tomorrow. We'll know that later on today. Uh, can you get confirmation from um, Video Brian around when he'll know? Through the office, no, you know he'll find out. We'll tell you before I go off the air here, and uh, I, want, I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, okay. He said about thirty minutes, and then he said, uh, "I don't know." Scratch that. There we go. There we go. Welcome to my world, folks. Welcome to my world. It oh. should be by the end of the day, Brian said. Oh yeah. Oh, Brian's probably mad at me now. Yeah. I guess he's pissed off at me. No one cares. Uh, anyway, so that's the deal. So, look, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I gave you a breakdown of everything. And thanks, everybody, that uh, was on Twitter, people who called the show. Sorry again about yesterday that I missed the show, but I was sick. Uh, but I'm back out of here. So, uh, tomorrow, do a little prediction uh, show on the uh, on the gimmick, the TLC. Do that tomorrow. And, uh, and that's the thing. And then the words of Tony Torero here on Facebook Live. Bye-bye, Facebook Live. R.I.P. He's probably right. Um, <laughs> all right, favorite hit, Taz Show. I'm Taz. You're not. All See you tomorrow. Right, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Said I was raised in the days of my space and screen names back then when I was only worried about my top friends. Now my circle is getting smaller. All these people acting fake, man. And to be honest, I don't even have a top 10. Me against the world, I've been doing what I really love. Haters been hiding behind the screen, man, they movie cuts. And when I'm back at home, it never feels the same. Cause we've been doing our own thing, trying to stay up. I want to go back to days with no grades. We ordered the kids meal, play ball, that's all day now. I'm stuck looking at this Instagram page, but these likes on my picture and getting paid now I've been wondering where the party at Cause all of my concerns Got me wondering where they got the Bacardi at So going for another drink Just to get away We gotta live it up Carolina here to stay I'm hoping I won't let you go Since I was shooting hoops, no issues, you know what I've been going through, and it's for the team, no I